1: Welcome to the latest episode of five on the floor on the five reasons sports network. In addition to the five reasons sports network, you can find us every day Monday through Friday on the nothing but net channel on dash radio, download dash radio, the app for free and then search for nothing but net and you'll find us every day, 10 AM to 11 AM Eastern. Also check out five We are the no paywall website in South Florida. You get all the latest content, not just on the heat, but also on the Dolphins, Marlins, Inter-Miami, MMA, uh, Panthers, and, of course, uh, the Dolphins, uh, who open up this Sunday. Also, check out our YouTube channel. We're up to 5,000 subscribers. We hit that number tonight. And as we speak, Alphonse Sydney is hosting over there. So in addition to checking us out, you can check out our stream there as well, also all the great sponsors in the Five Reasons Sports Network. This episode is sponsored in part by Gonzalez and Tibor. That's a law firm that can be found at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. That's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. A recent report showed that over 45% of people use their stimulus checks. Remember, we only got one to repay debt. This is money that could have and should have gone to cover living expenses, even before the pandemic. Household debt in this country, especially credit card debt, was going up, and it was hurting families and small businesses. Nobody likes to consider bankruptcy as an option for dealing with your debt, but bankruptcy is one of the few laws that exist to actually help consumers. So before you make another debt payment that you can't afford, or you do something drastic, like empty out your 401k or borrow money from friends and family, why don't you talk to a professional about your options? Contact Gonzalez and Tibor. That's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. The phone number 954-378- 8184. An attorney will answer your call. Again, it's 954-378-8184. Consultations always free and can be done by telephone or video conference. The website, bankruptcy is goodforyou.com. And now today's episode.
2: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alban Sydney, aka Alp 954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick, back here is today's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander. I've got Brady Hawk, who just posted the latest latest takeaways on the websites. So I'm going to check those out as we're doing the episode. As I mentioned, Sidney is over on the other side on the YouTube side tonight. Alex Toledo is probably going to be bouncing back and forth. He's going to be on the Zoom calls. Here's the story: the Miami Heat, who were picked by most to finish somewhere between sixth and eighth in the Eastern Conference, finished with the fifth seed. Of course, the season has been going on now for more than 11 months. I remember training camp up in West Palm Beach when Alex Toledo and I were up there. This thing is still going. The Miami Heat are advancing to their first Eastern Conference final since 2014 when their starting lineup included Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh. And they're doing it, Greg, largely, at least after what happened tonight, because they might've won this series going forward. We don't know what would have happened with Giannis potentially coming back because he wanted to try to play tonight. Initially they're doing it mostly because a 20 year old rookie. Took over the game in my view on both ends <laughs> during stretches. And he, along with, uh, I'm talking, of course, about Tyler hero. He, along with Kelly Olenek, Andre Iguodala played huge roles tonight in a game where Jimmy Butler took a while to get on track at
3: all, and Bam Adebayo never really did. Wow. All I can say is wow. Tyler Hero, I mean, to see this game after game, he's doing different things. The last game, even in a loss, he's, he's hitting clutch three after clutch three. He has more clutch threes in the playoffs than any rookie um, since I think they've been tracking the damn stats. Now Tyler Hero has a game like this, and and really one that Miami had to get. it, it just you, you could feel that this was a feisty milwaukee bunch that really didn't want to go home and it's and a team that's uh, as well prepared as them that played as well as they did all year they weren't going to go quietly and hero to step in and be so efficient to be able to do things with the assists and just all around play i mean i, I can't speak glowingly enough about Hero's play in this uh, closeout game Brilliant. conference finals Well,
1: conference finals, and and we're going to get to the emotion of it, but I just
3: want to touch real quick
1: uh, on what he did tonight, because I don't want to get this to get lost. The kid was the best player on the floor. And Brady, I I think you actually kind of, I don't forecast this a little bit. I feel like I forecast this a little bit. There was a Tyler hero game that was coming, but it wasn't just the scoring. It was It was running on running the pick and roll of three straight possessions where he made the right play during a key sequence Um, and also defensively the block, which ended up, you know, a foul that was overturned, but also several times where he closed out at the right time or made plays around the rim. I mean, I've said repeatedly that this may end up being the best run that a heat rookie has ever had. Dwayne Wade had a great run. It didn't make it to the conference finals.
4: Yeah, I think you hit on it right there You talk about his defense. I look at – you talk about that block that he had, but what stood out to me most with his defense is we've talked about his defensive instincts all season, but just how we've kind of doubted his, his on-ball defense. And today he was on absolutely everybody making switches, doing everything possible on the defensive end. And then you talk about the playmaking side of things. He was started the season as a shooting guard, mostly looked as a cast-and-shoot guy, and you look at him now running the pick and roll, as you said. But most the thing that stood out to me with his playmaking is running the fast breaks at such a methodical speed that he runs at his own speed. and He doesn't force anything. He made that amazing pass, no-look pass to Andre Vidala for an open dunk. He just He just makes all these plays that you talk about him being a scorer. And today, two other sides of his game showed up more than his scoring somehow, even though he had that amazing scoring game.
1: Well, that's the thing about Brady is that the beginning of that game, I was just like, they need to slow down. They need to slow down. Jimmy was playing too fast, trying to do too much too soon. I was trying to find out if he heard before the game that he wasn't on the all-defensive second team because I thought something got into him that like he, he had the three turnovers early. I mean, there was a point of the game where the heat had 16 turnovers and bam and Jimmy had 10 of them and bam, other than the willingness to take that jumper, did not want to attack Brooke Lopez at all. And that's why I tweeted, I think it was late in the third or early in the fourth. Tyler here is going to have to make shots and make plays because Bam and Jimmy won't look at the basket. And, and I, I just feel like if he's not the factor he is in this game, because there were times that Goran struggled, although he picked it up late um, and he did make some key shots. Obviously, you know, the end of the first quarter play I thought was critical. There were a couple of other times where it's like every time that Milwaukee looked like they were making a run, Goran would make a shot. But it, to me, it was hero. And the other guy I, I want to talk about here a little bit, because we we pushed him to the side a lot this season, and to an extent, so did Eric Spolstra, was Kelly Olenek. Um, and I'm looking at Kelly's numbers, because I, without uh, what, you know, you, you take a look, Brady, at, at without, uh, you know, Bam's big contribution tonight, uh, Kelly was huge. And I, I'm looking at the plus-minus numbers for him tonight. You know, he was a plus 22 in 17 minutes, yep. Um, you know, 12.6 rebounds and an assist. And, and they were running stuff through him. And he was also, I thought, very good defensively. Tonight. Yeah,
4: that was one of the main things that stood out to me. He's just everywhere on the court. He's just not only the, just a couple of blocks. I think I don't know how many blocks he had, but he was contesting some shots at the rim. He had some steals. He was just very scrappy all, all game. But I remember some some pregame streams that we did when you had a text about um they somebody said that, they're one shooter away from from getting the sweep or something around, along those lines. And I said there was going to be a Kelly Olenek game in there somewhere and that, that this is finally the game. He's just a guy that can spark your team in so many different ways. Obviously, he can shoot the ball so well. Obviously, it's kind of streaky at times, but obviously tonight he had it going, but as we saw, he's just he does so many small things as we say so many of these guys on this team do. He's just also one of those guys that just makes these this critical plays during a game that you just don't see in a statute as well.
1: And there were some Bam Malenic minutes together. Not a lot, um, not a lot. They played together a little bit. Uh, there were also those, some Kendrick Nunn minutes. And I want to focus on him a little bit too, because uh, Kendrick's had the roughest time of any heat player in the bubble. I think the only guy that you, that would even be close in the conversation would be Myers Leonard because Myers went from a starter to a guy that wasn't playing at all. But Kendrick actually had more struggle moments, but tonight he did play 22 minutes um, only had six points was three of seven from the floor but was a plus 14 they were able to play those three guard lineups uh some they didn't play it a lot actually i but they were able to play against the three guard lineups um in a way that they wouldn't have been able to if none was giving them nothing right, right. like he, he started to give them something tonight he was more aggressive i thought his on ball defense also was much better than it's yep. been and that helped limit the, the Bucks guards because we know that Eric Bledsoe is, is not a good shooter. Uh, I think the Bucks need to go find themselves another point guard if they want to go somewhere. Cause this is two straight postseasons where he's laid an egg, but Wes Matthews was played a really, really good floor game today, but George Hill was one of eight. Um, Di Vincenzo did end up five of nine um, and, and three of six or three, but they cooled him off a little bit as the game went. But Bledsoe ended up two of 12, one of four from three, nine points uh, it was really not not a big factor, and a lot of except for rebounding, and a lot of that had to do, I thought, with the fact that none none in hero gave them the minutes defensively that they needed.
4: It's kind of funny because it seems like it's like a common theme that all the guys that were kind of lower end defenders were the guys that stood out today on defense: Kelly Linick, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn. Um, but I think that's what you kind of needed in a playoff game. Last game for the bench unit scored 14 points, and today. I don't remember the exact number, but they obviously took over that game in the first half. Obviously the starters weren't playing well. Then obviously in the second half, they took over again when the, when the third quarter started and they ended that third quarter strong. So you're going to need this bench unit to step up because there's not many bench units doing what this team's doing now, especially on both sides of the floor, what they're doing on defense today. So it's going to be something to look at for this, looking at this next series. I don't want to go too ahead yet, but, uh, just looking at what they have compared to these other teams with this, with this bed shoot advantage is interesting.
1: And we're going to look ahead a little bit, but Greg, I want to get into Eric's bolster some, because we talked before the bubble started that this was not about prepping for one game or one team. There, there was a plan when they came into the bubble about how they wanted to do things, how they wanted to involve certain players based on how they came back to the bubble, how he was going to utilize these different combinations and how he was going to develop different skill sets. So I'm looking tonight, and again, I know there was no Giannis, okay? I get it. But this was a proud team that was pretty damn good without Giannis this season, at least until they got into the bubble when they weren't as good as they were previous. And you just saw some of the things that Eric laid out play out, okay? So I want to go through a few of them with you. One of them was, uh, to me, the the, the priority when they got into the bubble was Tyler Hero is going to run offense, and he's going to run pick and roll. And we're going to trust him late in games to do that. So it doesn't all fall on Jimmy and Goron. And so what happens tonight? 37 minutes plus 23 stat line of 14, eight and six with a steal and a block. And we talk about the spectacular assists. Then you talk about Goran Dragic. We're going to put him in position where he's going to do something he hasn't done the whole season, but we trust him to do, which is to be a starter and play heavy minutes. Tonight, 33 minutes, 17 points on seven of 15. uh, Also had four rebounds and a couple assists, and it was a plus eight. Okay? Something else that we're going to do, all right? Andre Iguodala is going to be a big, big factor for us, bigger factor than he was before the restart. Tonight, I thought his 18 minutes were critical. Um, you know, ended up with five rebounds and a couple of assists, but just calmed the game down when Jimmy couldn't early in the game. And then the other one, Kendrick Nunn, you know, looked like his confidence was shot. He was totally lost and he ends up giving them 22 competent minutes tonight. I still didn't totally understand the decision not to play Derek Jones Jr. But again, they went to three guards on the other side. So you had to size down. And at the same time you were playing Olynyk. Uh, So it does make some sense that way. But you look at those decisions, and this is why I think, Greg, people focus with Eric on – I didn't think he had a great game four, and I said so with you on the pod. But I think people focus on what happens that moment, that substitution. The difference between him and so many other coaches, the difference between him and Riley and this organization and so many other organizations is there is a plan. And you may not see it right away, but it builds to it.
3: It's so true. I mean, it kind of transcends the X's and O's of did he challenge a play or not? Or did he make a substitution for a free throw shooter or not? Ultimately, when you talk about trusting Tyler Hero, he was doing that from the moment they got back into the bubble. It was like you really saw Hero had an offseason to I mean, it was essentially like he was coming into his second year. They were trusting him more. They were just relying on him more to um, figure it out on the fly. And with Gorin, it was a completely different circumstance. It wasn't much about that he had an offseason as much as they knew that you could rely on him in a heavier way for a shorter stint. Because although, yeah, the bubble is a taxing few months isolated it isn't the grind of a travel season so they really could could kind of put him in a different position and he could flourish that way Kendrick Nunn uh, this could be the type of springboard game where I'm not saying we're going to get the Kendrick Nunn that we saw all throughout the season but just his ability to be a viable competent option off the bench have the ability to score um, at least in some level of efficient ways and then not turn the ball over, those are, that's the recipe for Kendrick Nunn to be a, a, a player that they can go to. The three guards forced him to head in that direction. I would imagine Boston may force them to at least experiment with Kendrick Nunn out there as well. So, I mean, it really shows that Spolstra came in with specific finite details he wanted to get to, and he stuck to them. Jay Crowder's another one. He's riding and dying with Jay. Um, and it all kind of has been wrapped up in, in its work.
1: Yeah, and, and you, you look at tonight, you know, Jay actually from a plus-minus standpoint was, you know, had to struggle the most of anybody on the floor, but you could still see the moments where he was so important to them. And, and I, I just think what they've been able to do and establish here through two rounds and, and through the bubble games, even though they went three and five, is is a trust level in so many different guys that it's going to make them a really tough out. Now we're going to talk about Boston and Toronto going forward. We'll do a little bit a little bit of it later on the episode. But I think what you saw in this series was Milwaukee would have an answer for one thing, but not for everything. And I never really felt guys like that game was going to get out of control today because, you know, again, there was another rush of heat players that was coming in. that could change the tide on it a little bit. I want to go back to hero for a second, because that's going to be, in my view, that really is the story tonight. And we talked about Dwayne having moments as a rookie and he was a starter. So there was more responsibility on him at that time, but Dwayne also didn't close every game uh, as a rookie. If you remember one of the the famous things, and we should have uh, given Stan a harder time about this on the pod was he didn't he wasn't in there at the end of game six against Indiana in the second round? He was pulled for Ray for Alston because they needed a yeah, three, right? I remember, yeah, very well. <laughs> and then now he was he was on the floor for other games, of course, and he made the big shot in game one. He made a big shot in game five. Um, he was instrumental in, in game seven when they when they closed that thing out. So he did make a lot of those big shots. But you start to look at the numbers now through two rounds, um, and Tyler's are right there, and you start to look at the trust level and it's right there and then you look at the ages and Dwayne was 2 years older <laughs> um and that's and the I, kicker
3: that's the kicker that's right the there. kicker
1: yeah. is he is he at this point is he at this point untouchable we keep asking that question but I, the more of these he has is Pat Riley going to part with a guy who does something like this
4: no, no. Abso- absolutely not yeah i don't i don't see him just seeing what he's doing you kind of look at like i said earlier just you kind of thought of him as a scorer, but looking him doing everything on the floor, he's like kind of, he's a 20 year old leader. He's an on-court leader at all times, no matter who's on the floor. It's kind of stands out to me and just, obviously we've talked about his confidence all year, but one of the plays that stood out to me with Tyler all game was the, he, he like airballed a three and the mm-hmm. the next possession down, he took baseline and, and did a behind the backboard floater.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And that right there just defines Tyler Hero, Like, he just isn't phased by anything. Game five of a, of a playoff game to close it out and air balls a three and comes back and does that. That's just, it's, it's amazing, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, Greg, where do they go with here? From, from I mean, because his confidence is only going to grow after what they've done. And then you saw at various times in this game that, that Butler and Dragic took a step back to let Hero go. I know a lot of the minutes were not with Jimmy because he kind of came in with that second unit and Jimmy was rolled out and Iguodala was in for him. Yeah. but it's not going to go backwards from here
3: no the the team was deferring to Tyler there late, and that's just it's it's mind blowing to watch because if you also think about it in in the bigger picture context, you now have Autobio and hero going into their first conference finals as what twenty two and twenty year olds and they're getting this kind of seasoning which it, it, it's for It's especially um, something that, you know, the Miami Heat would harp on playing, winning basketball, getting in those high pressure situations. So you you start to get into a situation where because he's a cost controlled player who fits everything they want to do, personally, as well as on the court schematically, I, I just don't see a situation where it makes sense. I mean, are you going to pay Bradley Beal, who may be better today, but in two mm. years, who knows? Are you going to pay him $35, 36000000 when Hero is where he is? So he is kind of, you know, approaching that conversation. No one's untouchable, but he's approaching mm. that conversation 100%.
1: Because the other guys we've talked about that, you know, we, we always talk about the guy that Pat would flip, right? The really good player you flip to get the superstar. But Karan Butler never won anything here. Lamar Odom never won anything here. I mean, they had the one run to the second round. Glenn Rice never won anything here. Okay, Josh Richardson never won anything here. So all of the players we talk about were like, okay, this is – Kurt Thomas, who was flipped for Jamal Mashburn, never won anything here. I mean, these were all good players. They, They were some of the time players, not all of the time players, as
3: Riley puts it.
1: Correct. All of them, all of them. Right. I mean, pretty much. I mean, Quran, Quran's a little unfair because Karan was so banged up that second year. But, but yeah, I mean, Lamar had that reputation. It didn't play to it here. Josh was a little bit right. Where you couldn't really rely on Josh in the big moments, even though you liked what he brought. The, everybody they've traded, they've traded really good players. They traded Eddie Jones. He traded, he traded mash. I mean, he didn't trade Eddie Jones. Well, no, he did trade Eddie Jones. I'm sorry. And he, he traded did. mash to get Eddie Jones. I mean, they, Pat Riley's traded a lot of really good players. I don't know that he's traded one who at tw- – I know he hasn't – who at 20 years old was being deferred to by two all-stars and a 34-year-old who has made an all-star
3: team to take them home in certain situations. <laughs> like- Listen, in, in the Shaq trade – the one piece he ultimately was unwilling to part with is the guy who was doing what hero's doing in this playoff run. So it's like if there was ever another parallel where you would say, this is a guy he's holding on to the hero is kind of the Dwayne player of this team in terms of that kind of value at that uh, age.
4: That's a, that's exactly what I was going to say when you were comparing the players, kind of Tyler. Now we're at the point, not saying that Tyler is Dwayne at all, but, you're getting to the point now that these numbers that he's putting up in a playoff series is pretty similar that you have to kind of look at him the same way that obviously Dwayne's on another level with what he's done, but he's at both of them at the, at this time at their ages, it's just, it's pretty comparable.
1: And and the fact again, that Dwayne Wade, and and not just because it was our tweet over at five reasons sports, but that Dwayne Wade would respond to a stat comparison between himself and Tyler as rookies, which I was a little afraid of making because I didn't know how Dwayne would take it. And his response to it was to quote tweet it with emojis of a baby and a goat. Tells you what he thinks of the kid. Like, they've already – he already has the stamp of approval. He has the Jimmy stamp of approval. He has the Riley stamp of approval. He has the Calipari stamp of approval,
3: which meant something to – and he has the most important one, which is the Dwayne Wade one. And I – Ethan, Ethan, you said it from day one that the players – knew that hero was going to be great. It wasn't a, it was a thing where they recognized that there was a short window of time where they were going to get to do the rookie hazing thing on him because eventually he's going to be great. And you hit the nail on the head. Cause that's what we're seeing.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think there's any question that they've decided that he's, he may end up being their leading scorer next season. I, I think there's a real possibility of that. Obviously Jimmy gets a lot of those points late with the free throws but I could see Jimmy continuing to take a step back, you know, offensively and allowing him to grow. And I do think he's going to be a starting guard. The one guy we haven't talked about much and and I, it's going to be interesting as we go forward is Duncan Robinson, because essentially they were, you know, they took Duncan Robinson out of pretty much four out of the five games in this series. And it didn't end up mattering. Now, does it matter if Giannis plays maybe, but they were able to find other solutions and, you know, they were forcing the ball. The Heat were forcing the ball, and Duncan was forcing things to try to get shots off, and it wasn't working. And finally, when he got that fourth foul, it was like, okay, enough. You know, and you could tell it was going to be none and hero from there. But that's the thing. This this Heat team is multiple. They don't just have one option, you know, or two options. They've got a lot of different options. And tonight, it wasn't their two best players, supposedly, the two guys who you believe are their best players, Butler and Bam, the two all-stars, their best two, two best two-way players, it was other guys who had to make things happen. All right, I want to tell you about a great sponsor, Five Reasons Sports Network. I always tell you all of our sponsors are local. Did you know that Florida is a no-fault state? That means if you're in an accident, no matter who's at fault, your insurance company is responsible for paying your medical care. In Florida, you only got 14 days after an accident to see a doctor to report an injury. After that time, you're responsible for your own medical bills. So make sure you get checked out by a licensed health professional if you suspect you got hurt, even if you think your injuries are minor. Get more health tips like this and more by following our friend Dr. Jonathan Chung on Twitter. You can also follow him at keystone neuro that's k-e-y-s-t-o-n-e-n-e-u-r-o on twitter or the website is chiropractickeystone.com he will do zoom calls with you if you can't get up there to wellington 15 minute free consultation by zoom if you mention five reasons So make sure if you haven't back trouble of any kind particularly from an accident make sure that you get checked out again it's dr jonathan chung keystone neuro on twitter or chiropractickeystone.com. All right, let's, uh, let's put this thing in perspective now a little bit, and then we'll look ahead. So 11 months ago, they had training camp in, <laughs> in West Palm. Uh, it's almost 12 months. It was the first week of October uh, that we were up there. And uh, this thing is still going, and this team has evolved but I remember going back to it in that training camp, you know, kind of the confidence level that a lot of the players on the team had. I remember the, obviously the three 30 workouts with Jimmy Butler. And I remember that really the only controversies there was James, this is how long the season has gone on for guys. James Johnson coming to camp and not getting in the, in at the weight that Pat Riley wanted him to be at. I remember walking by Pat up there at, on the campus. I can't remember. A Kaiser university. That's right uh kaiser university walking by pat and he was clearly having a conversation with somebody about how james johnson needed to get his weight down i've always suspected that was probably his agent mark bartelstein saw me walk by and stopped talking for a second <laughs> then kept talking uh and then dion, dion waiters i i i remember this distinctly was myself anthony chag and alex toledo who was up there doing his first coverage for us you know, asking Eric Spolster about what Dion's role was going to be. And then just going to Dion and Dion clearly not believing his role should be what Eric thought it should be. That's how damn long this season has been. It's like a year in two weeks
3: and it here feels we like are in
1: the Eastern conference finals. It's crazy.
3: Doesn't it feel like life has just absolutely been taking that long? Like it feels like this whole situation from 2019 to 2020 has taken forever, but it really is night and day. And, um, like, just to put this in further perspective, just for fun, because, you know, I can't – I just can't help myself. The the Heat now have made the conference finals seven times in the last 15 years. The 76ers have made the conference finals nine times since 1949. The Knicks, twice since 1973. <laughs> the 76ers, five times since – 1949. I gave you that one. And the calves five <laughs> times since 1970. I'm, 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 I'm. Run- they're all the staff together. Um, it, it's just, it's incredible to see, of all the builds. The, the the big three will always be the best haul that Riley has ever made. And there's been some absolute magnificent moves he's made throughout the years and some um, cap gymnastics that Andy has done that have been just unbelievable to see transpire. But this particular build is gratifying in a way that I think is is different, but also As much a credit to the organization as any build that they've ever done and I just it's huge from a from a big picture perspective to have these guys
0: Ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition in the US more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide so why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org.
3: As in the conference finals, a year ahead of schedule.
1: I think it's the best build they've ever done, honestly. I, I, now, where it ends up, I don't know. I mean, it has to end up in titles eventually for us to give it that characterization. But if you do, if you do the comparison, okay, Pat comes down here off the Knicks run and, you know, he comes down to an organization that needed direction, right. And had really no purpose and no relevance, but it had a, a core piece in Glenn Rice and he was able to flip that piece. And, and then, you know, obviously makes the mid trades, gets Tim Hardaway. That's the second piece after Zoe Mashburn's the third piece and voila, you've got a, a contender. Um, but, but I, it was kind of a blank slate to a certain degree. Like there wasn't, he wasn't in cap hell when he got down here. Um, it was, you know, it was new. It was fresh in the sense of him being here. And so it was impressive, but then you look ahead at, you know, the next one. Right. So, and it's funny because a conversation I had with somebody in Vegas at summer league was, you know, talking about this, about how we're always on the verge of a build. Sometimes you don't see it, but we're always, on, we're always on the verge of a build pieces have to move the right direction. But but you know you can you, if you if you look close you can see us building to something. So then, you know after that run and obviously Zoe derails that run with his health. Okay, not his fault of course, but it doesn't turn out the way that they expected. The drafting of Dwayne and then that build, which you know basically came from the biggest part of that build, other than Dwayne, was kind of the rope a dope that he pulled on Donald Sterling by you know making the offer sheet to Elton Brand, right which Sterling matched, which then, okay, wasn't going to match Odom also gets Odom. And then that team outperforms and puts him in position to get Shaq. So gratifying build for sure. Then kind of the, you know, sort of stuck in a little bit of no man's land. Cause you didn't want to press too far fo- too much. And you end up with the LeBron Bosch thing. But again, a lot of the LeBron Bosch thing was because of Dwayne. It-, it wasn't because of organizational genius. Yes. You had to have a, a vision, but, and you had to make some moves at the last minute and dump Beasley. And Andy did some, obviously some great work there. But to me, this build is, is it's more organic, right? It's more, it, it's two things. It's more organic because of the way they did it developmentally and the way that they basically beat everybody up in the draft. Okay. By getting hero and bam, but it, it's also, it's also more difficult because they literally tied a hand behind their back <laughs> like, with what they did for two, two off seasons. And somehow in the season after the greatest, most important player in franchise history retires, they're in the Eastern conference finals.
4: Yeah. I think you look at, you just mentioned it right there, Tyler hero getting drafted, obviously a drum drafting game out of bio acquiring Jimmy Butler. You look at now, just I'm sure we'll go further into this, but just the trade with, with um, Jay Crowder and uh, Andre Godala just further shows his, just the geniusness of this organization that just basically put the icing on the cake of this season that, because if they didn't have these two guys, who knows where they would be right now. And um, you just look at everything as a whole, obviously getting two undrafted guys, Duncan Robinson and, and Kendrick Nunn. It's just like, it's just an amazing story as a whole for this whole entire team. When you just go through this roster, it just, it truly stands out.
3: It's almost like it's almost like some of the builds were for Pat and then they were building for Dwayne. This feels like the build for Spolstra and Mm. it just embodies everything that kind of I think he ultimately wanted to get to and had some years where there were just some roster construction issues and other things that didn't allow him to get there. And I think it's just really this team embodies everything Spolstra wanted to get to. So it, it really is his build.
1: And the other thing about it, it is his build, no question, but it is a lot about Pat's legacy because Spolstra is part of Pat's legacy. And so when you look now on a day that Adam Simon is being courted, you know, out of the heat front office by Sacramento, I think this is the fourth team that's make a, made a run at Adam. When you look at Dan Craig being courted by, you know, interviewed by Indiana and Chicago. Okay these are people, you know, these are to a certain degree, lifers, right. In addition. So a lot, a lot of this is Pat to me, in some ways, I wish we could get him on five on the floor. If you're listening, cause I do know others in the front office, listen, uh, we'd love to have you, uh, <laughs> and have a conversation about this because uh, to me, this has to be as gratifying to him as any of the others, because it's doing it not only with players that the organization has developed, but with coaches, that he has played a role in developing with front office people who have been given bigger roles over the past few years that he played a role in developing and then empowering, which as we know for an executive of that status with that kind of legacy is difficult to do sometimes to empower others under you. And he's also doing it after a lot of people. And I'm not saying I wrote him off. I didn't write him off, but I was critical. Okay. And you know, as you know, Greg, uh, for two years, a lot of people, said Riley's washed, Riley's lost it, Riley, you know, Wade gave him LeBron, they screwed up the Wade situation, they didn't cater to LeBron when they should have. I don't think many blamed him for Bosch, but a lot of the other situations, okay? Danny Granger, Josh McRoberts, okay? (laughs) I mean, let's go through it a little bit, or let's not, okay? All of those situations, and to come out of it on the other side with a young team, a young team, okay, or young core players, cost-control players, when one of the knocks against Riley was doesn't like young players, uh, they always fought this this perception, but doesn't like young players, uh, doesn't want to develop those players, doesn't want to wait on those players. To do it with those guys in combination, okay, with a guy that they traded two first-round picks for that was looked at as an uh, uh, trade in Goran Dragic, okay, because it didn't lead to anything, partly because of what happened with Bosh. to To get a guy in Jimmy Butler who wanted to play for the Heat after it was like, well, the Heat's not attractive anymore, after what happened with Dwayne, after what happened with the big three, it has to be. It has to be his most gratifying build.
3: It has yes. to be. Make no mistake, when I say this is a SPO build – I'm saying it was built for Spo, not by Spo. This is absolutely a Pat Riley. His imprint is on all of this. When you listen to Jimmy talk, that was the driving factor. And you know what? This is the ironic part of it all. I think Dwayne had as much to do with that influence, that positive influence where Jimmy saw Pat in that light, um and they just connected and it it, it really is I know you got you hate it specifically don 't hate it, but you um, you cringe when I go culture on this podcast. This roster and this build is heat culture
4: and Ethan, when you talk about Riley kind of getting criticism as just through the path of building his team and everything, one thing that stands out to me is I remember um, draft night American Airlines arena when the heat drafted Tyler Hero, and people went through there mm. uh, basically chanting fire Riley uh, to go from from that about a year and what, three months ago to so now. It's just, it's, it's to be in the Eastern conference finals from after saying that and the guy in game five of the semis of the, of the playoffs taking over a game. It's just that right there just kind of sums it all up.
1: And, and in a year too, like you mentioned that they made a trade that was con- somewhat controversial at the time and they gave up on a number 10 overall pick uh, who they just felt didn't want to be here anymore. And there were other issues that went into it, which we've talked about on five on the floor, but you know, that that's, it's difficult to cut bait, man, like organizations stay with players, especially a player who has shown something, a, a guy who you like this character, like justice Winslow, like to cut bait on a player like that. A lot of organizations won't do it. They'll, they'll sit there for years and years and years trying to convince you that he's the guy. And they made it what was a difficult, in my view, difficult decision. It, it, we liked it. I think most of us approved of it. But it wasn't easy, okay, to say here, number 10 overall pick, guy that you you know basically decided was going to be your point guard to the point that you're going to put Goran Dragic on your bench, right? Guy that you traded two first-round picks for in Goran Dragic. And we're going to trade that guy in mid season, And we're going to get – what are we getting for him? A role guy in Jay Crowder. And, you know, Andre Iguodala at age 36, who basically decided he didn't want to play for seven months because he didn't want to play with his young Memphis teammates. (laughs) It's, I mean, it, 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 it looks easy now, but if you've put it in that context, it wasn't. and, And this is the core difference. And this is why this organization wins out in this town for all the kind of criticism, disagreements that you may have had with Pat Riley and things he's done over the years. And certainly I've had some, Okay but there is there the word you use all the time greg it's guts like it they will make decisions of conviction <laughs> right and and like they will they will take the shot okay they will take tyler hero 10 picks before anybody else would because they identified something they will take bam bio earlier than than maybe he was projected because they identified something that a lot of organizations will not do that they'll do the conventional thing And that backfires. And I think to to have, and the other thing you do is you pluck a coach out of the damn video room. Okay. (laughs) And you say, you're going to run this organization for the next 15 to 20 to 30 years. Like that just doesn't happen. It's, it's why they're the class organization in this town, because they, you know, they believe in, I am going to say it, they believe in their own culture and, you know, sometimes it's been to a fault but most of the time it ends up working out. And I think this has worked out better than anybody. I don't put an asterisk on this because Giannis was out. They were beating this team when, whether Giannis was in or out, I don't put an asterisk on it because of the bubble. We said before the bubble, this was going to be the biggest test of organizational of organizations you could have being in the bubble. And they even went three and five in those seating games, but they knew what they were doing. And now they're, they're eight and one, going into the next round. All right, we're going to talk about that next round here in a second. Before we do, a word from another of our sponsors, SafeCubbies.com. I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and it is a sponsor that would be important in any time if you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well, and that's safe cubbies.com which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget. You can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards, magnetic panels, acrylic sheets, and graphic branding. Most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes. Now this is for workplaces. They've got a bunch of different options on their professional series, but also they've got private room solutions, dividers, and sneeze guards, and they have a classroom series as well so if you're involved with the school this is definitely something your school should check out of course if we have school in the fall and that's the point here we were entering a new normal period with COVID-19 safecubbies.com which is locally owned is the place that you want to go the phone number is 754-216-1071 again that's 754-216-1071 or safecubbies.com all right, back on five on the floor, nothing but net on Dash Radio. Again, find us every day, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. And, of course, check out Brady's work on 5ReasonsSports.com. We broadcast on the weekends. If, if you've been following Twitter the past couple of days, you'll know that what that reference is. All right, let's, uh, let's get to it real quick. Toronto, Boston, 3-2 Boston. We talked about this a little on the pregame stream Greg, do you give Toronto any chance to win that series?
3: I don't. I think that uh, now that Ibaka has a bum ankle as well, Siakam has just not looked right. He's been inefficient in every game, even the one that they uh, – not the buzzer beater, but even the game after that where he looked better, he still took as many field goal attempts as he had points. So there's something just not right there. Nurse has even called him out on it. I just feel like Toronto has had a great run. And I just – there's this moment where teams kind of realize that they've reached a max ceiling, and they just get a look in their eyes. And I know they're resilient, so they'll probably make me look dumb and, and, and win a couple in a row now. But I think it's Boston that's going to advance now, um, and it, the the – Challenges that that presents Miami, and I know we'll get into that into a second. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I think that there's some really, really interesting cross matches that'll take place. But ultimately, this is the the Celtics are moving on.
4: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that Boston's just clearly the better team. You look at the the game yesterday; it just shows their ability. That was their their absolute just strength if they just get hot from deep if they get their shooting going it's going to be a lot of trouble for Miami in a matchup I think it's kind of similar to the matchup that we saw today just obviously at a much higher extent you know th- th- it's a team that's just going to it's going to spread the floor a lot and you're going to have to it's another reason why I'm kind of surprised that we didn't see Derek Jones Jr. today not only to close out this series but heading into that series I think he could be very useful looking at the amount of just wings and different guys that they have able to score the ball that you, you could use a Derek Jones Jr. to kind, kind of try and stop one of those, one of those um, players in those situations. So it's going to be interesting kind of see how, how Miami in, that, in game one or whatever, when we get to there, how the matchups kind of line up and everything, but that's going to be one kind of interesting thing to see if what he kind of, how he kind of rolls with his rotation.
1: Greg, let's look at that real quick here. So let's assume Boston and I, I'm sure that the Heat would love for Toronto to win game six and extend that thing. But let, let's assume Boston. And let's assume no Hayward at the start. I know there was a report that he, he's doing some running, but he's not really cutting yet. I, it seems to me like it's at least another week away, which means Marcus Smart's probably going to continue to start. Um, first, do you make any changes to the starting lineup against them?
3: No. No. No, short answer is Spo is, and you've, you harped on it back at the beginning about him sticking to the plan. This is the plan. They're not changing the starting lineup by my view. All
1: right, so then if you look at it that way, uh, let's, I mean, let's look at the matchups real quick here. Goron's going to have to guard Kemba. He knows it well from 2016, right? We saw that in the playoff series. Um, and one of the things about that series was as much as Kemba scored, and he didn't have much around him, not a great. That was not a great team he was playing with in Charlotte, but he was inefficient in that series. I think he shot thirty five percent. So they they held him down enough, and Goran they,
3: was active against him.
1: He was right. They made him work. Okay, now Goran's four years older. Um, Kemba's knee seems to be okay now, so it's gonna be. And Kemba looked has looked great the past couple of games in this series, so it's gonna be a challenge. But that that's your matchup. All right, your next matchup, if they're starting Smart Brown. And Tatum, I guess you, you bury Duncan on smart, right?
4: Right. I would right. think so. Okay. Yeah. And
1: then you're looking at, does Jimmy guard Tatum or does Jimmy guard Jalen? I mean, it's between him and Jay, right? So
3: yeah, I, I uh, think Jimmy will go Tatum and then Jay Crowder, just because of his strength and his little bit more of his build, uh, can maybe uh, offset some of the length and, and size of Jalen Brown. That, that would be kind of my initial thought.
4: See, I, I think the they'll, they'll switch. yeah I think I'd switch I think the physicality of Crowder might be a little bit better for Jason Tatum and, and more of the, the quickness and length of Jimmy Butler might be better for for Jalen Brown because we've seen in this matchup I think Jay Crowder's obviously he benefits much more when he's just physical with guys that can that he could kind of bang around a little bit and Tatum's one of those guys that's going to put his back to the basket that he could kind of benefit off of that I think.
1: And then obviously Bam with uh, with Daniel Tice. And you look at the benches. Boston's bench kind of unheralded. It's not real deep. I mean, Wanamaker's played okay at times. Is there anybody who worries you over there on their bench? They got some young players who aren't ready yet.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be somebody who annoys us at some point. Probably some Grant Williams type or maker. I, I can already see Daniel Tice is going to probably evoke heat Twitter emotions, but um, they, they, you're right. They do have kind of a quietly good mix of guys off the bench, but Miami has the advantage there. And I think that that's something Spolstra is going to lean on heavy in the series as well is really looking to the bench to create some separation.
4: All right. And no, one I'll guy, one guy that one guy that's played really well for them. I just want to mention is Robert Williams, that he could mm-hmm. be a kind of a, a factor in that series. Obviously, Kelly Lynx played pretty good again, again today against some guys, but Rob Williams has been a, been a force for Boston off the bench this series.
1: Yeah, he gives them activity, and, and they're going to have to counter that a little bit. I also think that's where we could see Derek Jones Jr. All right, we've got Alex Toledo. He's been on the Zoom calls. So this is a perfect way to close this episode. I just saw you tweeting some of Giannis' stuff and also Jimmy and Spolstra. G- give us kind of the synopsis of what they all said. <laughs>
2: I mean, Giannis is really sad. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to speculate too much, but his eyes were pretty red. I don't know. He was doing a little bit of crying before he got on there. Uh, you know, I just tried to hop on at the end there because, you know, I might as well. He was definitely – I felt bad for him. I just – I like him as a player. I like the way that he just kind of, you know, he has the motor of somebody who never stops trying to win all the time. I know – and, you know, he was backing up the organization for, for prioritizing his health. But I, he kept saying, you know, you know I want to play. I know I want to play. There's nothing I could have done about it. And I I felt – I kind of felt bad for him there. But uh, like Leif has said so many other times in the past, there's no other way – there's no better way to pitch Giannis than by doing what they did now. And this should not be lost on anybody, by the way. What they're doing – what they did. Beating a team that was supposed to win 70 in five games in the second round is just monumental. And I think uh, that's what made Giannis cry. Jimmy is just so poised and confident and didn't even – you know, I think it, this is Jimmy's first time in the conference finals, right? I was trying
1: to figure that out. Is it? I thought they didn't they make the conference finals against Cleveland the the year that David Black no. didn't, didn't didn't. That was the, the second round. Yeah, that was that was, that was, this is, that was second honest, round. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he hasn't made the conference finals because the the four one series against Miami was that was the year before he was drafted, right? Because he was drafted the Norris yep.
2: Cole year. Yep. So this is the first time in the conference finals. And he wasn't even like, I mean, he he was so like, let's go. We still got more work to do. It's, it's straight business for Jimmy. That's what it is. It's what it always is. But my God, it's like, this is a, this is a serious accolade for him. And he's, you know, he's acting like he's been there before.
1: And then I saw you tweet something out from Spolstra who tried to put this in some perspective. I think Eric will move on from it pretty quickly, but it seemed like uh, he acknowledged the moment also.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know. Spo, I think is is. I think they're all kind of on the same page when it comes to that attitude, where they're kind of. I think Spo kind of shows his emotion more when he's talking uh, to the media, even if he tries to hide it more more than Jimmy. I think Jimmy is just excellent at always hiding it, but Spo, he was giddy, man. Like he he was he was talking about he was talking highly on on everybody on the team. He he was saying you know respect to the Bucks and that team and all of that, doing all of the coach talk. But it was there was no. There was no hiding the giddiness. He even he even got like into a tangent talking about the 2016 Heat and how he gets sad thinking about that team and how because they had a real shot to contend for a title, before they you know Bosch went down and then again when they lost the Raptors in seven and you know when he starts going on little tangents like that you can kind of just tell that he you know he's he's good to talk he he feels good he's in a good mood, uh, yeah man I think they're all on the same page right now it's straight business though they're going they they he didn't even want to say you know, who they think they're going to play. He's kind of just letting everything play out and they're all just being real mature about it. You know, I don't know. want to give on too much emotion. All
1: right. So let, let's let you close it with this. Cause we we've, uh, we've kind of talked this thing out, but we also got into a little bit of Boston, Toronto before you, you got in here. Uh, first thing you give, uh, cause none of the three of us seem to give Toronto much of a chance to win that series. You give them any chance.
2: Yeah. I'll, I'll give them some chance, right? Like uh, maybe like a 30% chance, 20% chance. Uh, it's going to be tough to come back from down 3-2 versus a team that's kind of consistently stopped their offense in every game. But uh, in every game, they've used more and more zone. And I think that's something we're going to be talking about a lot over the next couple of weeks versus the Celtics. Uh, but the, the zone has really helped them get some offense going and, and and really get some stops in order to get those offense going and get some fast break attempts. But I just don't see the Raptors winning two in a row. They really got destroyed by the Celtics in the last game. And I just think the Celtics have so many defensive guys to just make it tough on Toronto, possession after possession. So I I do think it's going to be Heat-Celtics conference finals. And my God, I'm so hyped for that. I I was
1: talking at the beginning of this pod about how you and I were up in West Palm Beach. It's a year in two weeks that we were up there. A year? At Kaiser University. Getting trying to get Dion to create some controversy. Uh, well, he he does cool. that on his own
2: though. He he did that on his own. We we yeah, didn't do yeah, anything. That
1: wasn't really us. <laughs> that, that, that was more him. We were just standing there. But I mean, if you think about that, it's been a year. It's I mean, if I would have
2: told you then I, that they would that they would be in the conference finals, beating the Bucks, what 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 would you have said? I
1: I mean, I liked their chances this year, but not for that. I, not, not this to, is unreal. No, I, I don't I, know I, how much
2: perspective, I, yeah. guys. I mean, talk you guys have done. I'm sure you have, because because uh, because Greg it, and Leif yeah. are here. But I'm I'm just processing this right now, and it's crazy. They actually pulled it off, man. They really beat this team in five in the second round. It's still like hitting me. It's unbelievable. It, it, the it Celtics is, are yeah. going to be really tough, though. Even if it's a, you know they didn't win as many games, they don't have anybody as good as Giannis. Uh, it's going to be a really tough matchup.
1: I mean, to me, the, the question is, you know, does Tatum – and w- w- I want to save this because we, we're going to have a week of this. But, you know, it, Tatum's been a little up and down in the bubble. Um, if, if you know, if you get the really – I, I kind of know what you're going to get from Jalen Brown, but if you get the really good Tatum, that's going to be a challenge. But I, I do think that the Heat, again, have enough bodies to yes. throw at him that, that they, can, they can make it a little bit of a challenge for him. Um, but, you know, the other thing about that series that's going to be fascinating – is seeing, you know, Brad Stevens and Eric Spolster go at it. Um, you know, you go back to those Boston series, that was Doc and Eric. But Brad's of a different generation, and they've been compared to each other in a lot of different ways. I think Eric's going to – I know he likes Brad Stevens. There's respect there. But there's that's a challenge I think he wants. Um, I, I think it's a challenge. I'm be curious to see how it plays out.
2: And Stevens is out coaching Nick Nurse right now, and you know, which is pretty damn impressive. I know Nurse is only a second-year coach, but he's already getting regarded as like a top-three coach around the league. Uh, I, I, we love to talk crap about Brad Stevens. You know we will, but uh, got to give him credit there. I, I do feel better about the Celtics series than I would have a few months ago now that we, we saw that one game without Jimmy in, this, uh, you know, in the bubble where they just defended them better. I, I think now that they're a switch-heavy team and they've had so many reps, playing this style of defense and a lot of success compared to how they did before the season. I, I think it's a, it's going to be a better matchup than, than I would have thought before. I feel really good about Crowder and Iguodala going in really, really, really good. A lot better than I did about them. Even when the series, I mean, when the season shut down mm-hmm. and uh, I feel better knowing that Hayward won't be there. It gives them one less shooter, one less two way guy, one less weapon who can kind of uh, beat you because Honestly, the problem in the series is going to be uh, how they kind of figure out the matchups, and I think it would have been really hard if Hayward was in there as well because it's one more guy who you can't really hide somebody on. But now that there's so many non-shooters playing over the Celtics, I think it's going to be a really good matchup, and I wouldn't be surprised if the series goes seven. And I think either one of these teams could win in seven. Well, we and I, would like, the- I would like. I would like.
1: We, we talked about it. You know, you'd have Duncan Robinson on Marcus Smart instead of Gordon Hayward. I mean, that's... Well, there's going to be
2: a lot of matchup hunting is the thing. Like, we're, ideally, you want Duncan guarding Marcus Smart. But, like, we saw there's going to be so much of Kemba Walker and Tatum kind of calling for screens, trying to get whatever matchup they prefer, whether it's Hero or Duncan or Goron. I, I imagine it's going to be more Hero and Goron than anybody. And, and when you, we're going to see the same from, from, from the Heat with Kemba, and they should. They absolutely need to be attacking Kemba as much as they can, especially in the fourth quarter, and just make him unplayable. I think that's honestly one of the best ways that they can create offense uh, in the fourth quarter when it gets tough with all those good defenders they have is by getting to the free throw line and by, by just uh, attacking Kemba on the screens because that's their one obvious weakness because, my God, the dude is 5'9". I stood in front of him. We were both coming out of Chicago, uh, the All-Star uh, weekend and he was standing right in front of me and I swear Kemba Walker might be shorter than me and I'm I'm like 5'10" at best, you know. All like- right, I'm
1: not letting you do any more analysis. We got a week of this. So
2: you would stop. stop. I'm stop. excited, man. I don't know what you can talk. Stop,
1: stop, stop, stop. No more analysis. We got a week. We got to get people through all this stuff. So let's see how things play out tomorrow. I'm thinking we may do a stream for Toronto Boston. I don't know. I I if if Alp gets drunk enough, Oh, I like
2: that idea. That's, on, that's, on, I like on, that. On
1: this game Bay Brew, we might. Uh thanks to all our sponsors. Today, as usual, Gonzalez and Tybor, that's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. Our friend, Dr. Jonathan Chung, that's KeystoneChiropractic.com. And of course, safecubbies.com. We had uh, the You Break Wheel Fix pregame show. We've got the Biscayne Bay Brewing postgame show. Thanks to all of our other sponsors. Thanks to everybody who follows us, Five And thanks to Dash Radio and Nothing But Net. Miami Heat are going to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2014. A year ago, a little over a year ago, they had Dion Waiters, James Johnson, and Hassan Whiteside on long-term deals. Now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, being led tonight, being led tonight by a 20-year-old rookie. Have a good night. Culture.
4: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.